This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bell! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, welcome back to your show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so many topics to hit with you. Uh, no, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so the team was skating through COVID while the rest of the league was having major issues. And then all of a sudden the Jazz have major issues. It starts with you. Just take us through it. Uh, how'd you find out? How'd you feel? How quick did you feel like you're bouncing back from it? Yeah, it was obviously... Um, I said in media yesterday, I almost feel like every team at some point was probably going to go through it. And we'd done obviously a pretty good job to, um, I mean, we had a few here and there within the organization and, and close contacts or whatever they list them as. But, um, obviously the team had done well of, of keeping as, as I don't even know what you're safe or healthy as possible. Um, so I had obviously a, a family member, like I said, um, that I was a close contact to and then um, decided to get the family tested just to be kind of on the safe side um, and they were positive and then we were in Denver um, and the rules this year anyway, obviously leading into Canada, you have to get tested before going there to play. So this is obviously 48 hours before we all kind of had to get tested anyway and I was like, with obviously with my family being positive, I am obviously pretty close to them and have been around them a lot. Um, so I was like, let me just go get tested 48 hours kind of before we had a, almost like a mandatory test anyway to, to go to Toronto. Um, and obviously came back, back positive and, um, kind of looking back, I, I guess I'm, kind of glad I decided to, to go and test. I, I didn't have any symptoms. That's why I was, I guess, 50-50 on whether I even tested or not because I was felt completely fine. I've, I've felt completely fine through the whole process of, of this last kind of 10, 11 days, whatever it's been. Um, tested, I would have been positive and been around the guys for an extra 48 hours. So I guess who knows what that would look like with how, I guess, easy this this new variant's been transmitted and passed around. So um, found out in Denver, stayed a couple of days in Denver to get my tests and obviously kind of go through this whole variety of tests before you, I guess, officially, I don't even know, diagnose positive or whatever, be told I'm positive. Um, stayed there for a few days, then obviously made a decision um, with... So Renee's parents have been here for a little while. They were positive. Renee and the kid and the twins were positive. Um, made the decision to to just go home and and obviously quarantine together. There was no. 
obviously speaking to the way more professional people than me. There was no extra risk to go home or to be passed it on more or less or whatever. Obviously, the, tw- the kids were the biggest worry, um, which they were good. The, the twins had no symptoms. Obviously, Jack, we couldn't isolate Jack by himself, so he, he was with us regardless and just kept a close eye on him. Um, we were thinking of putting him in a hotel by himself to to not get it, but um, we actually never got him tested um, but he had a fever a couple of the nights. But, yeah, just a, a bit of a weird time, I guess, to go through it um, in, in terms of, like, I, like I said, I felt totally fine. But I, uh, from you get on social media and everyone's tweeting about how you're this positive guy and <laughs> to stay away from everyone and you feel completely fine. Like, it's a, it, was a, it was a bizarre kind of 10, 12 days, whatever it was, um, pretty quickly because of um, no symptoms and um, and all that. So, yeah, it's been, it's been bizarre. Last, I think it'll be three or four days now, whatever it's been since I've been cleared. So then everybody in the in-laws, they're all doing well? Everybody's okay? Yeah, Renee was probably the, the worst a couple of days in. Um, but in saying that, obviously, like really like flu-like symptoms, congested, sore throat, headache. Um, uh, like, honestly, like you would feel not downplaying how she felt because she did feel pretty crappy for a few days. Um, and she's kind of at the end of it now. But, yeah, just like that flu-like headache, runny nose, bit of a like congested and sore throat. Um, obviously, Renee's parents being a, a bit older as well, just making sure they were right. They had a few kind of minor symptoms, but... I guess overall what people have gone through and, and seeing the numbers in hospital and, and all those type of things, we, we got out um, reasonably freely. Um, like I said, Jack had a fever for a, for a couple of days there and um, obviously just keeping an eye. Like I said, I think for, for myself and Renee, knowing we would probably be okay through it, but just making sure her parents and, uh, and obviously the, the, the kids are, are obviously a worry uh, with Jacob and his stuff. So, um, yeah, glad we got out pretty freely from it. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it, it was a bizarre kind of, I think, Renee's, they found out, so they're up to like day 15 or 14 or 15 now. So, um, obviously, we've been, we've been cleared and all that now, but it's, yeah, it's been a bizarre couple of weeks. So you got a couple technicals, and I was wondering if you the feedback you got from your wife was, uh, you know, what are you doing? Or she could see how chippy that game was, and she just let it go. Or, you know, what, do you second guess yourself? What do you think? Oh, man, it's just like a, <laughs> I think there's a, a few things that are built up with it. And obviously I was super pumped to be out there again. Um, probably didn't look like it getting thrown out, but I was excited to be back out there. Um, obviously, we were down numbers, um, which was a stupid decision by me, obviously, because we're already down a couple of players and um, we needed as many bodies as possible. Um, but yeah, just a frustration level, obviously, there's, there's part of that in how, how I have been playing and, and was playing that whatever it was last night. Um, obviously, I know I can, can play a lot better and, and that frustration of things just not really kind of clicking and, and um, not that I've ever second-guessed myself 
basketball-wise, but just um, wanting it, wanting it to, to kind of get back and get that, that flow back of obviously how I know I can play and probably taking it out on the referees isn't the, the smartest thing to do because that limits my time of being out there to, to keep figuring it out. But, um, yeah, it was just obviously a what I thought was a very easy call, the second one, and... Um, not downplaying the referee's job at all here, but yeah, just just thought they had missed a couple, and um, it was I think it was Boyan or whatever. So just trying to stick up for for a teammate. And yeah, just obviously brought over. I'm, I I can I can promise you from this, I I will never get thrown out again. I can promise you that. Um, Ooh, it won't. Yeah, it won't. No, it won't happen. I don't know what what punishment you can give me, but it's not going to happen again, so it's not going to matter. But <laughs> as of uh, today, I'm, I'm letting it go. I'm going to get back to kind of enjoying myself out there and, and letting this, letting the frustration go of, of how I've been playing, getting back to the basics of it and just being myself out there and enjoying it. And I think obviously you guys know and, and probably a lot of fans that have watched for eight years when I'm, when I'm smiling out there and having fun and, and obviously enjoying what I'm doing, it's it's when I, I play my best. So I just need to get back to that. And, um, I can I can promise you I won't be getting thrown out ever again. Well, we'll take your promise and we'll believe it because usually your word, in fact, I think your word always is good. One of the stuff you've told us anyway, you've always lived up to it. So I believe you will never get thrown out again. And uh, that'll be the end. That'll, that'll be the end of it. I'm wondering... With all the COVID going on and Gobert still out, and then yesterday, you know, Whiteside and all this, you got three yeah. days with no games. What's the team planning to do? Because can you get together? Um, we can. There's obviously, um, I think every team, well, most teams have gone through a pretty rough patch at some point, and there's a few different protocols that you have to abide by um, during these times. Um, so, a bit extra testing, um, obviously with with the days we've we've got today off, which is um, which is nice, obviously for for the guys. I'm actually heading in now. Um, I've had enough days off, so I'm, I I use my uh, my get out of jail free cards in the Denver hotel last week. So um, yeah, I'll go in there. Um, I'll wait. I don't think I'll see anybody else in there, which is is obviously good. They had a Obviously, a long trip, um, and even just not the trip itself, but like you said, with, with all the, the COVID stuff going on, it's um, probably been a frustrating couple of weeks for, for everybody. So, um, different rules and testing and testing times, and um, you almost go back to what we were um, kind of at the start of this a couple of years ago when we were learning a lot more about it. So, uh, the guys will get to, to get away today and, and enjoy a day away from, from everything. And then obviously um, I think we got a couple of days still after that. So probably a, a good time for us to be able to get into practice a couple of days and, and kind of get back to, to the, the way that obviously we know we can play. And um, again, obviously with COVID and, and guys being out and um, I mean, I haven't missed that many games in my eight years. Rudy's missed four or five in the last four or five years. Um, so it's been it's been there. We've I don't I mean I don't think we've ever not played with a centre before. Um, me being me and Eric or whoever being the two tallest guys out there. So um, 
like I said, it's not. There's no excuses. Um, obviously, we know we on that trip it was going to be a bit tougher. Obviously, last night it was going to be a bit tougher. Um, again, it doesn't excuse us. We we still have to go out there, try and play as as well as we can. But obviously, I mean, last night's a good example. We're obviously playing a fairly different style um, with five guards out there, uh, which I don't think we've really ever done. Um, since I've been, I think I got subbed in as a five, like one or two possessions, like three or four years ago. Um, but obviously, we've we've always kind of yeah. Uh, like I said, every every team's gone through it. It's, it's trust. The COVID stuff, and then obviously slowly we'll we'll start to get players back and. Um, and hopefully we can get back to our, ourselves. While you're out, do you watch NBA basketball and follow some of the storylines? Do you get away from it? Obviously, Memphis has won 20 out of 24, and John ja Morant is blocking shots with two hands at the top of the uh, box. <laughs> but I don't know how much you tune all that out, or, or if you notice it more because you got more time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, in, in Denver, um, I was stuck in a hotel room for three nights or whatever it was, so... Uh, not uh, not a lot you can do in there. Um, obviously, that's a part of the process of, of getting back to. Like, I'm, you can't go from sitting in a hotel room to, to playing an NBA game. Players and teams are, are, are too good for that. So, um, I did that. And then, obviously, I was glad to get home because I've got a gym at home and I can, can work out. Obviously, hadn't touched a, a basketball for a few days there, um, which is kind of like, the, I guess, the frustrating part during this whole thing but you just kind of in in Denver I was kind of stuck uh, I did watch a few a few more games than I'd probably ever watched before or, or teams that I would not normally watch just because I was I was in there anyway and um, obviously getting home was was very different I wasn't watching NBA games but obviously with the, the kids full of COVID as well um, they weren't at school or, or anything like that so we were we were home 24-7 together um Obviously, COVID not being the ideal situation to do that, but it was nice to almost like reconnect with my family and my kids a little bit and, and Renee and just be able to spend time with them. And um, I mean, I could probably count on one hand how many days I've I've had where I haven't had to abide by the jazz schedule um, and, and have to run off during Miller's soccer game or drop them at school and run into practice and, and figure all that stuff out. So... Um, that part of it was nice to, to kind of reconnect with my, my family and, and spend some time with them and be able to do Miller's schoolwork, the school sent her, her schoolwork home, so be able to sit there with with her or sit there with Jacob and watch a movie, just, just little things that I don't normally do. It. Um, a bit of basketball at the start, but then um, not much towards the end. Obviously, only the, the jazz games that, that I was able to watch or that I wanted to watch. <laughs> How long does it take to get out of NBA basketball shape? Well, I mean, I was obviously never out of shape, but it's just that, like I said, you go from... I, I was lucky that I could get out of the hotel and, and get back to, to Utah. And like I said, I, I had a gym and, and be able to do some stuff and get outside in the backyard and whatever, get some fresh air. But, I mean, if you're... If I was in the hotel for three nights, four days. Like, if if... If you are stuck in the hotel for for whatever reason, um, for the 
entire quarantine period is I don't think you necessarily like lose your fitness that quickly but I mean there's there's no way any team I think they they announce it as like reconditioning or whatever they put on the on the injury report but it's obviously no one's sitting there like on a bike and treadmill like trying to get in shape it's just a no team's going to let a player go from sitting in a hotel or house for five or six seven however many days you're in the protocol to to guarding Jamarant or, or guarding Garland or whoever you're, you're playing it's a um, that's a tough job to do when you're <laughs> when you've been at practice the whole time never mind sitting in a, in a hotel room so there's obviously the protocol COVID wise to, to be cleared and, and be deemed healthy or, or whatever to, to play and then obviously the team has a protocol um, just to make sure you you are you're good and obviously for me as well, leading into the COVID stuff, I'd missed a couple games or the game, and um, was probably fifty-fifty for the New Orleans game um, with, with my back as well. So, sitting in a hotel room isn't isn't ideal with a, a bad back. But we, like I said, you you go through the process. You trust the people that are um, are paid the money to to make those decisions and, and give you the guidance on that. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, the NBA. The NBA is tough regardless when you're fit and healthy, never mind, like I said, coming off a, a five, six, seven-day break. ESPN has a piece on trash-talking in the NBA and how it's evolving, and it starts with you and Jimmy Butler, and you have a great line, which is why it starts the piece. Butler was staring at me like he was bloody about to beat the bleep out of me, Ingles recalled. And then he found you before a game and basically said, uh, I want my money, you want your money, let's let it go. That's how it yeah, works, it was, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was bizarre, because obviously early on in my career, I didn't know anybody or, or anything like that. Um, I obviously was a kind of a I guess a fresh face in the NBA and whatever and um, yeah it just wasn't I don't even know what happened I, I remember getting I tried to like blow up a screen or something and like got knocked over and he was staring like standing over me staring and I was like I don't know what I'm about to do and all I remember was um, uh, Trevor Booker jumped in front like jumped in front and um like grabbed him off me or whatever and like helped me up and then I was like man books book was my absolute hero and then yeah like <laughs> completely randomly this is this is my like we'd been we'd been we'd been teed up um a few times post that and then um yeah like completely I, like I said I I never knew the guy um but then completely randomly I was stretching to the half court like I do every pregame, and and he came up to me out of nowhere and was like, "Yo, let's just like let's just let this go." <laughs> um, and when he was walking up to me, I was a bit intimidated because I was like, "Holy, whatever! Um, this guy's probably gonna, who knows what he's gonna do or say to me right now?" Because we have got into it so many times, and then yeah, ever since then we've. Um, I wouldn't say we're like best friends, but we've we've got along really well, and. Um, he actually helped me this summer with some property stuff where I was looking to, to get some property where, where he knows the area and um, actually helped me a, a fair bit. So, um, yeah, very different uh, <laughs> turn of events to when I first met him. Do you think that the 
good can come from all this stuff, all this junk, this losing streak and the COVID and all that can benefit you guys in the long run? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a part of it, if if you don't have symptoms, obviously there's, there's people that haven't been feeling well, um, player or coach or, or whoever that is, or, or, or the general public. There's a lot of people obviously struggling with it. But I think for me it was... Like I said, I had no symptoms the whole time. Um, I almost, not that I wanted to get symptoms, but it was like I, I was waiting for something to happen just because of the stories you hear and stuff like that. And um, obviously for me, having a, a pretty big couple of years, I was, it was the time to to use it as, as some rest as well, like to, to get in there and um use it the right way obviously I wasn't just going to sit around I, I'd try to move as much as I could in my in my hotel room and then obviously in, in, at my, my house but um, yeah use it to, to switch off a little bit um, obviously had the season last year and two days later went straight to the Olympics and then came back and a couple of weeks later after that I'm, I'm obviously in, in pre-season and, and the process of this so uh, I think I mean I'm not <laughs> that's not a like everyone go get COVID and use it to, to have a break. But I think if, if you end up in that situation, um, I mean, Rudy's the same as me, had a big summer. He's, I mean, he's missed a handful of games in his career. It's, it's probably obviously not nice that we haven't had him out there because it's a, a pretty big difference, obviously, not having him. But um, if you use it the right way, um, and I guess is what I'm trying to say, you get some rest get the work in that you need to get get obviously we need to just keep playing the guys that are here keep fighting through this and and whoever's available is available at the point at, at this point that's the that's the hard part obviously have guys in and out Hassan's out late with a, a test result or whatever like they're, they're uncontrollable I mean, like there's nothing we can do if someone tests positive or it's the same as injuries we've been through with the jazz early on in my career with with injuries and guys missing time so um, yeah, you just try and use it to the, the best of your ability. Obviously, some younger guys get opportunity. It was awesome in Toronto, I think it was, when the young guys get to play. And obviously, I'm, like there's guys that I've never played without their playing, and, and Eli's doing unbelievable. Like they're, they're the, the opportunities guys are going to get. Um, obviously, if we've got to weather the storm a little bit with, with what's going on, and um, hopefully at the other side we'll, we'll come out, we'll be we'll be healthy and. Um, like you said, we you you want to get back to or getting back to kind of who we are and, and how we play. But um, obviously, with with the big fellas out, both of them, um, even Rudy Gay, it obviously is a very different way for us to play because we've, like I said, we've never not played with a centre um, since I've been here anyway. So um, yeah, hopefully the hopefully the storm is uh, is passing over and we'll start to get players back over over this next next period and, and, and we'll get back to playing obviously how we how we know we can play and how we've played uh, obviously a lot of this year Joe we'll let you go and I've got it I don't think you'll get kicked out because you told us you won't but if you do the penalty should be the penalty should be you have to do the show every day for a week it would reward jazz fans alright that's it that's a deal I'll uh, I mean yeah I mean it's not going to happen but and you guys would hate me on there for seven days in a row, but um, no, if if I do, I'll, I'll come. 
it's probably not a good idea because some fans will probably want me to come in every morning because <laughs> you guys stink and they want to hear from me. Um, but no, that's we can make that deal. I'll uh, I'll come on every day for five or seven days, whatever the week consists of, and we'll uh, we'll get through it. There's the deal, Joe Ingles. He joins us every week right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe, thanks a lot, and we will talk to you next week. Cool. Appreciate it, guys. Joe Ingles joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now back to your regularly scheduled mediocre programming. When we I return. You, I think you should have thrown it out to the public what his punishment should be. We can throw it out there. We can do an we upgrade. We have one already in. What do we got? No, no. Tyler Smith, he's actually got three suggestions here. He says, hey, punishment if Joe Ingles gets thrown out again. I mean, I'll take Penny Ann's breakfast. Maybe he drives the causeway at, to Antelope Island with his windows down. Or has to dress like a kangaroo and run, run a 5K in downtown SLC. But I'll keep thinking. That's Guys, that's called Friday show. <laughs> Put it up on Facebook right now, PK. Let's get a, let's get a head start on the question of the day. Okay. All right, DJ and PK, everything you missed in the show, we will get you up to speed. College football, the jazz, NBA hoops, it's all next. Stay with us. Time to get you up to speed on everything you missed in the show. Brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and AC Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. So we had an NBA trade. It's brand new, and it's the kind of trade that makes you reread the trade to see if you're missing something because it doesn't immediately make sense. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of reaction coming in now. Wow, the Knicks just fleeced someone. Uh, Woj says ESPN sources report the Hawks are trading Cam Reddish to the Knicks for a deal that includes a protected 2022 first-round pick via Charlotte. Knicks also acquire Solomon Hill in a 2025 second-round pick via Brooklyn. In a trade, as well as Kevin Knox, that's also part of the deal. Cam Reddish still on the rookie deal, so it's a little curious, but there you go. Maybe at 137 million, they're just trying to get something for him now before they have to pay him because he's about to get paid. Why is he about to get paid? He's just an average player. He's going to make more than four million, don't you think? Okay, sure. If that's your definition, I guess if he makes five right. and he's getting so paid. he's not he's not great. <laughs> but if he's going to get seven or eight, and they're already over one hundred and thirty, pushing one hundred and forty million in payroll, they're like, yeah, let's let's get a protected first round pick. We're we're not giving him six million bucks or whatever it is they think they're going to give him. He's another yeah. underachieving Duke guy. They're a dime a dozen. <laughs> Just wait for the next underachieving Blue Devil. Yeah. We talked jazz this morning, uh, four straight losses, but you can see this one coming because the matchups were not good, and they got worse after Joe got kicked out. Yeah, I think Lacombe fake getting sick. He just didn't want to have to talk about that game, so he asked me to fill in. I see what he did now. It's all part of the master plan. Yeah, and I bought into it. I thought I was helping out a friend, and really he was just trying to hose me. I figured it out now. Three days off for the Jazz. Maybe they get some guys back. We'll see if Gobert is ready to go for the Nuggets on Sunday. Because if he's not, well, they're on four since he left the lineup. And with Hassan Whiteside gone last night, too, not good. Uh, as far as the Jazz, we just had Joe Ingles on. Your biggest takeaway from that, PK? Yeah, I, it's what I thought. I thought that the technical stuff, the ejection, 
was frustration. It was frustration of all the things that he said. Could you imagine having to be holed up in a Denver hotel for three days? No, in the thank winter? you. No, and, no, thank I mean, you. you literally can't go anywhere. That, that's got to be like solitary confinement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, so it was clear to me as I was watching, like, what are you doing, Joe? Oh, he was, better he, was, he was irritable that first tee. He was so, yeah. I mean, yeah, he got bumped and he got shoved. It's the kind of thing you say something about. Or maybe you pick your spot later, but it was so obvious when he hit him with his hands and the ball. I was surprised he didn't get a tee for that. Then he barked at him and he didn't get a tee. Then he barked at him again and waved at him, and then they finally gave him the tee then. Was and, he a dog, too, and, barking? Yeah, a, <laughs> he barked and waved. He put said, one of those collars on him then, and Quinn Snyder just hits it, boom. You know that could be that could be the penalty. shot collar for a dog. The big plastic cone of shame that uh, dogs have to wear so they don't scratch themselves when they have surgery. Put that on. That could be another penalty. No, I, I like the shot collar better. So boom, you just hit the thing and it just ooh, just wakes them up a little bit and they know to change their behavior. Quinn, Quinn's a, this is way easier than yelling across the floor at him. Yeah, just have a little <laughs> thing in your hand. <laughs> but it was clear that he was frustrated. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of events. The great thing about Joe, when he comes on with us, is he brings real life into the equation. And so you get a big time, what's more than a peak, it's a real life version of not obviously he doesn't reveal everything and you never know what's going on behind closed doors, but he lets you in a little bit behind closed doors. His in-laws are in town. Uh, the, the kids of uh, us having the COVID and his wife having it a little worse and Joe having no symptoms at all. You know what I mean? He gives you a glimpse of real life. A little, it's, it's like the life and times of Joe Ingles, so to speak. It's not fantasy basketball. Just plug in the stats and win this or win that or lose this or lose that. You bring all the other emotions and people's yeah. stuff to the table. He's one of the rare players who's opened up on another level. NBA News, Damian Lillard is having surgery to address a lingering abdominal injury. The procedure likely to keep him out at least six to eight weeks. His recovery timeline could be determined by the course the Blazers take from here. The Blazers are eight games under 500. They are not good. C.J. McCollum is out. He has a collapsed lung issue to deal with. So if they're not going anywhere, well, then get this fixed. And in the process, if Portland should lose a lot of games and end up with a better draft pick, what would be the harm in that? Zero harm. It's what they need to do. They've been riding, straddling the fence now for a number of years. Not this year. No, they're, not this year. It's on. They're on right. the other side of the fence. Yeah, this year they're on the other side of the fence and just like let it go and let Sacramento or San Antonio or somebody go in there and claim that tenth spot in the playing game and go to LA and play the Clippers or whatever it is they end up doing. The Lakers, eighth in the West, they got beat by the Kings, one twenty-five, one sixteen. LeBron putting up a huge stat line. Westbrook. Missing a ton of shots, two for 14. And the Kings is scoring at will. The Laker defense, woefully inadequate, giving up 125 points. How, many, how much can AD fix when he comes back? Because obviously he's a big piece of the puzzle, but there's also obviously a lot of stuff wrong with this team. 
That's a good point. Yeah, he definitely can make them better, but you can't ignore the fact that they've got so many other issues there. They need to figure out what they're going to do. I wonder if it's a situation, and we've seen this plenty of times, even though LeBron is still playing at an extremely high level. You have to admire the level on which he's playing at, but you wonder with a couple of guys eating up so much of the money and LeBron getting older, is this a situation where this team with the superstar player is just going to sort of be out there in no man's land because they don't have enough to assist him, even though he's really good in an advanced age and what can they do? You know, how many guys now are dying to play with LeBron? Well, they're not going to, I don't know that they'll make any massive trades this year, but so the next year he's 38 years old. So, wow. Who's going to want to like Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade, 10 years ago, whenever it was, to be a part of that and think, hey, this is something that I really want. And did you know, I believe that he did that, that uh, take my talents to South Beach thing. I think Donovan Mitchell was in that room as a youngster. Oh, really? Yeah. He was. He was in that group. Cool. Because it was in his home state over there, right? It was in right in uh, the tri-state area, I believe, right? Yeah, where he did, where, it was where part he of uh, to kind of highlight uh, boys, boys, boys and Girls, and girls Club. club. He, that was the one they donated he, some money and they did the interview yeah, there yeah. and they had kids all around the and he was podium they were sitting at. He was in the on. group. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, I mean, dude, the, t- the timeline would work out where he was mm-hmm. a, a youngster, a young boy growing up. And so he was there. But yeah, I don't view the Lakers as anything, really. And maybe they, they get Anthony Davis back. Well, is he going to get hurt again? I mean, he's basically been hurt on and off yeah. the whole time. Yep. He's been in the league. Well, they got uh, Westbrook's got an option for next year on forty-seven million, and LeBron gets forty-four million. <laughs> forty-seven. Million. Now, if Le- LeBron can still bring it at thirty-nine, if he's got some kind of Tom Brady thing going at thirty-nine, he could take less money. Westbrook's uh, zero-dollar commitment. So I don't, I don't see how they fix this for next year, but the year after, uh, they've got two players under contract. Uh, THT and NAD, just the initials. And those guys get 51, almost 52 million, and everything else is up in the air. So the Lakers are going to live with this this year, and we'll see if AD gets healthy. And then next year, they've got, uh, they got a bunch of guys signed, and then it's just wide open. Anything could happen after that. Well, I'm glad you're looking at the salary structure on ESPN. Uh, I'm on Hoopside. Okay. <laughs> Anything, anything else uh, you want to pass along? College Hoops, Utah State. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Tight game, but CSU's really good. And at home, they got it done, 77-72. The Aggies are right there. Competitive game, but they dropped to 10-6 and on the year. I don't know that I can find much fault in the way that they played. Yeah. Well, CSU's only got that one loss. And, and catching them at Fort Collins when they're coming off a 30-point loss, timing not great there. Mm-hmm. And anytime you go into Moby Arena, I've <laughs> been there. Have you been to Moby Arena? I've been to Moby Arena. Let me tell you about Moby Arena. Is it a really big Thunderdome? Just a really big UCSB? You know, it's got more bleachers, like like two, maybe 3,000 seats? Uh, yeah, I think it seats about 8,000 or so. Yeah, it's UCSB, shaped, six. It's shaped like a whale, hence the name Moby. No. Yeah, it is. Oh, really? you can look it up. Oh, okay. The building on top of it, yeah. It's, yeah, that's where they got the football stadium right by it now. 
but yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, they they can actually have a, a decent atmosphere there. They would see. I'm a little bit uh, skewed because I was covering great Utah teams, and they had a great atmosphere everywhere they went because yeah. they were great. BYU and Gonzaga tonight, nine o'clock, ESPN two. Going to play the number two ranked at Zags. And Eric Weddle is a Ram again. Go figure. We'll see how much playing time he gets in the uh, in the playoff game Monday night. But Jordan Fuller, starting safety, season-ending ankle injury. So Weddle is back with the Rams. He's been out of football for almost two full seasons. All right, DJ and PK, there's some of the headlines. That's what's going on. When we come back, your feedback, people weighing in with potential punishments for Joe. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Thrive Appliance. Every day is like a holiday sale at Thrive Appliance. Save 40 to 70% off name brand appliances. Thrive is receiving truckloads of new inventory every day. Visit thriveappliance.com to shop their updated inventory. What should happen to Joe if he's ejected again? We are getting a lot of suggestions here, PK. Greg says he must sit quietly and endure PK singing Men at Work, Keith Urban, and ACDC songs for three hours. Of course, those are all Australian musicians or groups. Jazz Jargon says Joe has to listen to 100 jazz fans do crappy Aussie accents. All right. Keep them coming. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, we got other questions of the day here. Lots of reaction coming in. Uh, what uh, fourth, stri- fourth straight loss drops the Jazz in the fourth place? What to do? What to do? Tony says Rudy Gobert is the MVP, and it's not even close. Of what? The team for Rudy to? Uh, he doesn't say. He just says Rudy Gobert is the MVP, and it's not even close. What matters is he goes on to add, what matters is playoffs, but the Jazz have been exposed. Joe Ingles' inspiring contract will hopefully get them a younger, better defender, but May and June is when it counts. Yes, I agree with that to a large extent, but I also believe that what is happening now counts. I don't think you can just totally dismiss everything. You know, you you allowing players to score career highs on the perimeter – you know, and, and Rudy can help there, but is that really the sole answer? We'll just get Rudy back and we'll stop uh, Cade Cunningham going for a career high, whatever it might be. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the exclusive answer. Obviously, it's a big part of the puzzle, but I, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do, the point I'm trying to make is not just zero in exclusively on what's going on right now. You know, and try to have big picture approach because I think if you're going to make moves, you can't get caught up in the moment. But to me, and I've never had to make a NBA trade. All I do is second guess them and say they're great or they stunk, whichever turns out to be. But I would think that you have to be removed from the immediacy, but not completely, but still be able to see the grander picture, the bigger picture. You know, for for that down the road. And then you got to factor in salaries and all this other stuff. Man, it seems so complicated when you think about it. I think it's why a lot of trades that people would like to have happen just don't happen. 
And I think we've largely taken our cue from Joe. He seems to have thought about the possibility of trading. Maybe there have been conversations or he's heard stuff. Who knows? He hasn't gone into Like you say, he pulls the curtain back, but he doesn't pull the curtain all the way back because, well, who would do that? Uh, but there's, I don't want to say he's resigned to it, but maybe expecting better, better odds than not. And I think we picked up on that, and then you talk to other people and hear what you hear. But at no point can we say it's 100%. For all the reasons you just list, it is complicated to get stuff done. I think as far as the trade situation, Joe is aware fully of all the parameters. Yeah. So I think he'll rest easier when we get to the deadline on November or February 10th mm-hmm. and his name isn't moved. I think he'll probably be a breathe a sigh of relief. And I'm wondering, you know, he's talking about how he hasn't been playing as well. You wonder how much that wears oh, yeah. on you. I was actually uh, talking to someone uh, about this the other day, and they said, he's not shooting the ball well. And I said, would it surprise you if they get to the trade deadline and, and let's say he isn't moved for whatever reason, if he suddenly just starts lighting it up and shooting 50% from three? And then they laughed, and they're like, no, actually, that wouldn't surprise me. If you try to translate that into your own life, you know, if there's something big going on that may or may not happen, maybe you're going to take a job and move or I don't know, whatever the comparison would be. Well, when you get Uh past that, uh, taking finals in school, when you were done, it was the best feeling like, well, that's over. I feel great now. Wouldn't shock me if that's how it plays out, if that's how it played out for Joe. I agree to a premise, but then I was always nervous until the grades were posted. I was in a case where I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this, and I wasn't going to grad school, so I just had to do it. And then, it, you know, if the grades were great, great. If they were okay, okay. Yeah, you know. but if you didn't pass, you'd have to take oh, it again. Oh, I wasn't going to flunk out. Well, you're network. smarter than me, so <laughs> I get that. I get that. But you weren't going to flunk out either. <laughs> you never knew. I, I took every semester like, uh, oh, my gosh, how am, how am I possibly going to get through this? All right, DJ PK, we are out of time. Yak is waving us off. We got to make way for Jake and Ben. They are coming up next right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.